Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. This is number 172, guys. 172. Big big celebration. Big important number. Uh, I am Chris Tilley and I am joined today by Stuart. All right then. Keza. Hello. And Luke. Hello. Um, Today we'll be talking a bit about Rain Man, uh, PlayStation, Boba Fett... What's out this week? But firstly, has anyone been up to anything exciting? What we should say is we can't afford to screw any of this up because we're recording this at half past four on a Friday and it's normally <laughs> up on the site by half past four on a Friday. Yeah. So we're kind of doing this as live. Think of this as us actually doing it live. Well, hold on. I was pretty happy and confident then, but now you've suddenly put me on edge. <laughs> I'm suddenly massively nervous. <laughs> Fuck bollock shit. Oh, oh, no. No. We need to start again, guys. We need to start again. Oh, no. We so, hey, board. they'll find our fuck-ups endearing. <laughs> but has, has anyone done anything of, of note? I went to Paris to see Remember Me with Capcom. And? It was it was actually really surprisingly good, Remember Me. Uh, it looked like it might be a little bit like good concept, but maybe not, not so great gameplay when it was announced. But to the contrary, it's actually really solid. So that's good. The preview's up on the site. You can have a look at that if you like. So would you say that Remember Me was unforgettable? I thought you did there. Yeah. Anyone Luke, else? What, what have you been um, up to? Haven't, haven't, haven't you had some man dissing the whole of Microsoft? Yeah, I have. This week I've been um, drip-feeding an interview that I did with a guy who used to work for Microsoft, um, bombarding everyone with it. It's quite interesting. He basically hates everything to do with Microsoft, despite having worked there for 20 years. But um, well. it's, it's, quite, it's, quite, <laughs> it's quite interesting. Like He talks about um, you know, the Sega acquisition or the potential Sega acquisition. He mm. talks about... Um, you know, they need to get back into PC gaming. Talks about why they made a console in the first place, which is apparently to fuck over Sony. Um, so it's quite it's quite a contentious read. So if you haven't had a look, um, they're all up on the site now. What's the, what's the reaction to it been like? Quite interesting. Well, the first day, everyone was really quite excited by it. And I think people are getting a bit bored of him rather than the articles because he is very negative about Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, but is, yeah, um, yeah, no, it, people have people have really like engaged with it because it's a lot of the stuff he engages with are questions that. Like, you know, there's been rumours about Sega for ages, but no one's actually asked why and um, or gotten to the bottom of why, and he at least puts a, a, a theory out there. So, mm. but why it didn't happen. He also interestingly thinks that Microsoft focusing on the Xbox has been a massive mistake and it should switch back to focusing on PCs. Well, it's never made a penny of profit out of Xbox, has no. it? No, it's a big black hole of uh, billions of pounds of R&D, and they still, they st- I think they just about break even on making consoles now, mm. after six years. But now, now they're about to make another one. <laughs> so, <laughs> brilliant business yeah. move. Software makes money. Yeah. Well, yeah, it does. I think Office makes money, doesn't it? And, mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's almost all now, because Windows 8 hasn't been quite the success they were hoping for. No. Uh, the, the the Surface, which, which it runs Windows 8, except it doesn't run proper Windows 8, it runs Windows 8 RT or something. Yeah. And, and this is, yeah. And, and of course, they've got the posh version of Surface, Surface Pro coming out yeah. soon, which is going to be, you know, like 900 quid for a tablet, which, I, I don't know, I don't think that's going to sell. <laughs> Shockingly not. What, what about, about you, Stu? Have you been up to anything? Not really. I said all I've spent most of this week trying to do some coding with Google Documents. Wow. wow. That's it. Living that's the dream. Just, that's oh as far goodness. as that's as far as my interest. Oh, that's... and I saw Django. 
Yeah, Loved good. it. Loved Django. You what about you? Django, Django. Yeah. How about no, you? Just Django, the film. Oh, just Django, Django Unchained. Yeah. How about not, you? Not, not the double uh, no. Well, you've been drip feeding information. I've just been drip feeding. Uh, very good. That's all I've done. That's very good. Um, I've seen a couple of films that they won't let me talk about till next week. Oh, really? Uh, one of which was good, one of which wasn't. Oh. Um, I saw That's a film true. called Broken City with Mark Wahlberg in. Oh, Average, but I went and interviewed him. We had a chat about Transformers 4. Oh, yeah. Excited? He seemed quite confused. I, I feel That's like just his furrowed brow. He's always got that look. <laughs> I feel like he thinks he's playing a Transformer in it, but I'm pretty sure he isn't. <laughs> Imagine if he was. Honestly, I asked him which Transformer was his favourite, and he said, I don't know, I like this and this. It depends which one you know they want me to play. And I think I think he's very confused. He's not playing a Transformer. <laughs> I don't know. Is he confused? or does he, I just don't think he likes being um, interviewed, does he? I think he always comes across as somebody that just feels like he's, take, he's having the piss take. What happened that time you interviewed him? And who else was it? Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. Wasn't there some sort of major confusion going on during that interview with him? Yeah, he kept on doing my shirt and striking my chest. <laughs> and he kept talking about Gary Glitter. Wow. What? Yes. Marky I Mark. asked him who his favourite British comedian was, and he said Gary Glitter. Oh. And I said, what? Are you sure? And he said, yeah, Gary Glitter. And I said, I don't think we can use this, Mark. Can you talk about something else? And, he, and then in a Cockney accent, he said, what, Chris? You've never been taken up the shitter by Gary Glitter? Oh, okay. I really don't know what to say here. This has gone. This has gone weird. Anyway, anyway, enough paedophiles. Uh, let's talk about the news. Uh, and that's staying in. Always like to yeah. kick off Much with like paedophiles. I hear we have some Rayman action. We do indeed. Um, Rayman Legends, which was a much-anticipated uh, Wii U exclusive, has been delayed and is also no longer a Wii U exclusive. Oh, so well done. That's gone really well. So now it's actually been pushed back to early September when it'll be coming to Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 and Wii U all at the same time. Um, quite quite a big, big blow to Nintendo, I think, actually. Mm. Because, you know, they kind of don't really have that much third-party support or that many of their own exclusives coming out. And Ubisoft, you know, with Zombie U and stuff, they kind of were there, like, you know, yeah. supporting them. And now they seem to have just been like, actually, no, that, this isn't for us. I think it also suggests that Zombie U perhaps didn't shift in massive numbers, which would be a huge shame because it's a great game. Mm, I think it underperformed. Does that, from from a personal point of view, does this mean it's possible we might see Bayonetta 2 on other formats now? Well, you no, wondered, cause, No, because Nintendo bought it. Like, oh. Nintendo bought it second party now, not third. Oh, okay. So Nintendo owns that one. Nintendo didn't own Rayman. And now they, they still don't. No. <laughs> no. Unless Nintendo decided to buy Rayman, which I think would probably be a bit excessive. I don't really think they... Yeah. Well, did they have the money <laughs> with like everything that's going on? Nintendo has vast reserves of cash is the thing. They're the only company that's consistently actually made money on all their hardware. Mm. Can they? So they can afford for the Wii U to be an absolute failure. They then. sure can. They can afford. And yeah. does it look as if that's going to happen? It looks like it's going to be a moderate failure, I think. At worst. Hmm. I don't think it's going to completely tank. I think E3, they've already said a lot of stuff's coming out of E3, so I think that's going to be interesting to see, because that could be the turning point, but that might get drowned out in the noise of It's quite possible, because, you Xbox. know, it's already... it's By the time these new two, the two new uh, consoles get announced this year, mm. it's going to look... Isn't it going to look a little bit last-gen? Well, bottom yeah. line is, it's not a next-gen console. It's a current-gen console that's very slightly more powerful. So, but the thing is that the Wii wasn't really up to standard with the PS3 and the 360, and no. that's still did. I think what Nintendo's got to do at this point is just go, look, we're giving up on gamers. Like, Nintendo fans, we've got Nintendo fans. Nintendo fans are always going to buy our stuff. We're going to go back to courting families right. and other people, because I think they've just got to give up on having the Call of Duty crowd. Yeah. I just don't think it's viable. And there's enough of a market for them, isn't there, to do yeah. that? Oh, totally. 
I mean, the Wii was, you know, best-selling. But the problem again with the Wii was, as we've said millions of times, you played it once or twice at a party and then there wasn't enough to really make you go back to it and use it as your main gaming console. There was also a terrible amount of shovelware for the Wii. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dreadful. Which, yeah, that was one of the worst things. I think uh, Carnival or something like that mm. I played. I remember somebody bought me that and mm. it literally was about three dreadful. minutes of booting it up. It was like, that's that's that's. And it was here. number one for weeks. It sold millions <laughs> and millions bleak, of units. It? <laughs> it was just insane. It didn't make any sense at all. And they've, all, they've always got the DS, haven't they? Their handhelds tend to do quite well. So Quite well. They're the best-selling consoles of all time. Well, by exactly. A huge margin. So there you yeah. go. Like, they don't need a... They may be, this even even be the, the GameCube, which was Nintendo's worst-selling console, made made money. Even though it, it was mm-hmm. third place by a distant margin, it still made money. Well, they just need to sell one copy, one, one so- game. piece of software, don't they, with the Wii U to if make If they sell profit. one game, they've made money on the Wii U. Yeah. And they've so. sold, um, they, they actually revealed how many Wii U's they've sold, which was 3.2 million. Was that, that was roughly, that's a little bit lower than they were hoping, but it's, it's not yeah. as bad as they feared, is that right? That's right. Like, we guessed it was going to be, we did a, well, um, we wrote a thing about how we thought the Wii U might have sold and whether it was successful, and we said, we, we guessed 3 million. Mm. So 3.02 million, we were on the money. And they they were aiming for five million by the end of March, mm. so I reckon by the end of March they're looking at four million absolute max. Okay, but you know, yeah. so it's been it's been okay. I think that it's been it's, you can't really say it was a massive success, but you can't also call it a failure. And either would be accurate. So we'll wait and see. I do I do think that Rayman going is a big deal though. You do. Yeah, I think that just indicates that Nintendo systems are going to be for Nintendo games, which is fine, but not probably what they wanted. Yeah. Well, you know, they'll have their own little world to to exist in. It's true. I think that's all right. So the other two consoles then, uh, the Xbox. We're not. Are we still calling it Xbox Seven Twenty? That's a silly wow. thing to call it. I don't, I don't want to call it that. The next box. It's better than the Durango. Next, I like next box. I think next. Let's box. go with next box. All right. Well, because that's, 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 that's the unofficial official IGN byline. And if it becomes official, I want royalties. Can we call it the sex box? Yeah. You can call it the sex box. I just did. <laughs> can we just call it James? James. James Box. When's James coming out? James When's James's box coming out? <laughs> How much is James going to cost? Anyway, I don't know what we're talking about because we've got box. no news about the next gen Xbox, but we have got news about the PlayStation Four, and that's that it will cost you around four hundred dollar oh. if you're in America. What's that work out over here? It's about two hundred and seventy quid. That's yeah. What what's is being mooted? This is a rumor. This, point this is a rumor. Yeah, yeah. It's it's from Asa- Asahi Shimbun, which is one of Japanese uh, Japan's biggest newspapers. Uh, you're, you're probably a regular subscriber, Kazi. To Asahi Shimbun, yeah, it's the Financial. <laughs> Times of Japan, I can totally read that. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Which is a lot of money. That is, that's what two hundred dollars less than when the PS3 first came out. Yeah, and but the PS3 had a massive markup, didn't it? And that was highly criticised. Five hundred and ninety-nine US dollars. Like mm. obscene compared to how much it was in yen. So I, I don't know. I think this is complete bullshit. Really? Well, Sony have only just started making kind of getting back in the black from hardware sales now. I yeah. highly doubt they're going to plunge themselves that bad into the red again that's a, that's a bold move I would say mm. well, a very bold move I wonder when we'll finally find out oh <laughs> mm, who knows maybe in a few weeks maybe <laughs> maybe we'll also see the uh, the DualShock 4 or whatever they're going to call it as well yeah but that yeah, better still be there I'm that's the big re- announcement isn't it yeah but imagine if it was just the PlayStation that. move that's too the, I, I think I think you're going to go it's going to be guys we're very pleased to announce the PlayStation Vita will now be available in white yeah could you imagine, <laughs> imagine and we'll that. all be like what just one bloke <laughs> at the back going yeah, <laughs> like like when they said that they were partnering partnering with AT and T for their data service in the US, and the whole room just went, "Oh, <laughs> is that it?" <laughs> you believe it? I'm going to New York for that. You are, aren't you? Yeah, be quite that's, that's going to be quite a turnaround for you. Oh my goodness! Aren't you going on the twentieth, and it's the actual announcements on the twentieth, and then you're flying back on the twentieth? Twenty first. Wow! I have it one night, so I probably won't be. I'll probably just not not sleep for seventy hours. 
I think that sounds like a bold. I think that sounds like the right show. It's going to be me and uh, IGN US's PlayStation dude Colin Moriarty doing the coverage. So we're going to be the original odd couple mm. on camera. Yes. <laughs> going to have a lovely time. Yes. <laughs> That'll go very well, I'm Switches sure. Switches monitor off. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what you got? I got some Star Wars news because that's all we're going to talk about every week for the next 20 bloody years. <laughs> uh, um, but this sounds like reasonably big news. Our Entertainment Weekly are reporting um, two of the spin offs are uh, rumoured at the moment it's in the early stages of development one about Han Solo and one about uh, Boba Fett. So uh, this is the direct quote. Uh, the, Han, the Han Solo story would take place in the time between Revenge of the Sith and the first Star Wars. So although it's possible Harrison Ford could appear as a framing design, device, the movie would require a new actor for the lead, one presumably much younger than even the 35-year-old Ford was when he appeared in the original. Hmm. The Boba Fett movie would take place between A New Hope and Empire or Empire and Jedi. Um, they were saying it would be easy to cast Boba Fett because he dev- never took his helmet off in any of the films. Very good. Um, and that his dad, Jango Fett, could, play, could be played by the same actor because he's aged in the correct way, so... Timurian Morrison. Yeah. Everybody loves Boba Fett. I've never really I understood really the whole it. Boba Fett thing. Yeah. He's well, mysterious. Is that it? And violent. Uh, he's a badass. Hello. And <laughs> but he's mysterious and a badass. Yeah. So by doing a prequel film all about him, you're going to lose... You'll Mis- certainly lose the mystery. mystery yeah. mm. And you might like, lose some of the badassery like they kind of did with Darth Vader. Yeah. Isn't Boba Fett just supposed to just turn up, be badass and leave yeah. and nobody ever mentions it again? It's all just... And equally with um, Harrison, with, with Han Solo, I think all they could do is, is spoil it. Because although the films, the, the third film might not have been great, Return of the Jedi, he remained the coolest guy in it. Totally. Yeah. Anything they do, I think, will take away from what Harrison Ford did. No one can do what he does. No. No, no one can. I can't think of a single actor that could that could go into that role. No. Mm. Ryan Gosling. Oh, God, no. I still can't think of a single actor <laughs> that could go into that role. But I don't really understand this, um, I guess because they're, they're established names, but... You know, we've got, they've got this whole universe of a canvas to, to use. Why do we need to go back and mess with these characters that have already been? They can do whatever they want. They can make up whoever they want. Well, I mean, there were these mutters about a Yoda spin-off as well, weren't yeah. they? Which a Yoda I, spin-off? That's the one that I would kind of be like, maybe, because, you know, Yoda being Yoda-ish is always going to be quite Maybe cool, it could but... be for kids, like Pingu, with no words. Just Yoda. They already did three movies for kids. I just would love to see these people go in, the, in new directions yeah. rather than going back well, to the just, So it's part of the Star Wars universe, but it's a completely different part of the universe. We, yeah. know, we know nothing about it. We know nothing about anybody's backstory. Nothing yeah. at all. It's, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. They yeah. can go wherever they want. They can create planets, worlds, you know, armies. Whatever. Doesn't it's... it just become another sci-fi franchise then, though, that isn't anything to do with what we know as Star Wars? Well, you still have the Jedi, don't you, linking it up yeah. and the same yeah, races I, I think, I think the, the books universe. and the games have proved that you can go in other directions and not have a problem. Mm. Mm. I, mean, I just the... don't think we have to go directly to these characters no. and, and redo them and, and um, reboot them. I think that I think reboot. I think they need to get the, those sequels sorted before they start worrying about spin-offs, personally, but... It's like this with games as well. Whenever there's a new, like, you know, oh, this game franchise hasn't been visited for 10 years, we're going to go back to it and we're going to tell the prequel Mm. story of the same character. Mm. It's like, guys, why can't we go and... Can we maybe look at a new character? And take it into the future, because we all know the problem with prequels. We know that Han Solo can't die. We know that Boba Fett can't die. Yeah. So there's no... There's There's, there's no jeopardy. No jeopardy. Yeah. Speaking of new characters... 
Yes. The next Assassin's Creed is going to have a new hero and be set in a new time period. That's probably the coolest link we've ever done on the podcast. That was, that was very smooth. Well, you spoilt it by pointing it out. Behind the curtain, people. Just a bit. Like, but more Assassin's Creed? Yes, hooray for that. The next okay. Assassin's Creed will take place in a new time period of the franchise. Um, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guimau, who has a brilliant name, yeah. said the all-new Assassin's Creed hero with an all-new team and an all-new time period will be another major leap forward for the franchise when it releases sometime before April 2014. That's next year. Yes. Mm. That's quite soon. So it's going to be two-yearly. Assassin's Creed is going to start being two-yearly. Okay. Um, I like this because nobody really liked Connor very much. Who's no. Assassin's Creed 3 Zero. Mm. Well, nobody no, really no, cares. Did anyone really like Desmond that much? I think people liked Ezio. Yeah. No, yeah. no one cared about Desmond, but people liked Ezio and people liked Altair. So this is so Desmond's ditched. Oh, Desmond's. Well, oh, I'm, sorry. Well, spoilers, but yeah, Desmond's done with. Cool. Now. That's right. good because I'm bored of Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> Have you even uh, played Assassin's Creed Three yet? Uh, no, I haven't played Assassin's Creed Three yet. It's in my backlog. Oh. 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 Hello. <laughs> Something <laughs> for the weekend. <laughs> Can't edit that out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's something that I need to get around to. It's good though, because because Connor was a bit boring. I, I just played the D. Oh, I'm not allowed to talk about it. The DLC for um, Assassin's Creed Three is coming out, so we'll be able to talk yeah. about it fairly soon. Yeah. But that. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah, anyway, that, that's all you can Connor, say about that. Yes. Don't say so, anything so, so else. So Connor, Connor existing. I, mean, I was a bit worried they were going to go the Assassin's Creed Two route and just do like three games about Connor. I don't think he really supports that. Mm. Mm. Uh, so instead of having yeah. three new Assassin's Creed games, uh, instead of having new Assassin's Creed n- games based on the same hero, they're just going to do DLC for Assassin's Creed Three, and that's going to be that. And there's no so the next actual Assassin's Creed is going to be new character. Has Assassin's Creed Three been? I, I, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it. It doesn't really seem to have caught the imagination as much as the first two games. Yeah, it's a weird. It sold twelve million. Really? Yeah. Done all right then. Which is ridiculous. Hell. It sold twelve million, but it was strange when it came out. Um, there just wasn't much talk about it that I remember. Mm. It kind of seems like people were so psyched for it and so excited that it came out and it was a bit disappointing, but people had invested so much in it, they kind of just played through it and then were like, that's done then now, and didn't want to, like, you know, disappointed but kind of too embarrassed by it. It was it's strange because uh, I was wondering how well it had sold. Yeah. Because I was thinking Assassin's Creed 2 did, you know, Assassin's Creed 1 did okay, Assassin's Creed 2 did well, and Assassin's Creed 3, they really went all out. And they're really aiming for it to become the next kind of huge franchise. And with mm. 12 million sold, I don't think even Call of Duty sold that much yet. Really? Black Ops, well, obviously the last one, Black Ops 2. Mm. Pretty sure that, ha- well, it might have sun- it might have done 12 million, but that's up there with the top selling games of the year. Yeah. So where would you like Ass 4 to be? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I would love, 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 love it to be in um, Scotland in the Braveheart era. Yeah. Let's have let's have Britain during the pre-unification. Let's have Scotland versus England. Let's have all of that. We haven't done Britain, yeah. That nice would be to... so good. Can you imagine? I quite a like Scottish that. assassin. <laughs> I think it's someone might be a bit biased. It's, it's the Braveheart game I always how, wanted. How about a female Scottish assassin? Kezia <laughs> 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 McDonald, available for voiceovers at the venue near you. <laughs> nah, she'd have to fight with Kelly McDonald. <laughs> and she oh, is very slightly more famous than me. <laughs> <laughs> that is the problem. Where else would we like to see it apart from in uh, in pre-unification Britain? Where else well, would be good? I don't know. I was just thinking about the franchise itself and whether or not we are going to see that Assassin's Creed film that's been kind of bandied about. Yes, well, that's, that's happening because they, they, yeah, they, yeah. they cast Michael Fassbender, didn't that's they? That's really. I'm, I'm more I'm more excited about that than I am for the game for some reason. Mm. Well, maybe they could, maybe they'll end up tying in in some way. Imagine that. I know, right? Would that be confusing? Would that be a film and video game tie-in? Or adaptation, adaptation or... of a movie, of a game? Uh, you don't know. But you can see, like, maybe if it's, 
he's part of, you know, one of the Assassin's Guilds or something, and this follows... The game is one assassin, and then you meet the character in the game, and he takes a different path in the film that you get to see. Sounds awfully exciting. It's time to move on. I think it probably (laughs) is. Uh, Let's have your feedback on any of the news we've talked about this week. Let us know where you'd like Assassin's Creed 4 to be set. Let us know where you would like the new Star Wars franchise to go. IGNUKfeedback at IGN.com is the email address, or, of course, you can get hold of us on Twitter or... What's the other one? Facebook. That's Facebook. It. Facebook. Yes. Facebook. IG- What's UK. Mm. Uh, uh, right, let's move on to reader feedback. What have we got? I've got some feedback. Good. Um, this feedback is from Chris Hill. And he says, When I started listening to your podcast, it was mentioned a couple of times that listeners whose emails are read out and discussed two or three times become a friend of the podcast. I thought, I must be one of those friends now, as I'd had my um, emails read out two or three times by them. So he decided to email in and talk about his views on Nintendo's new technology being versions of their old consoles and peripherals. Um, but he says, you guys decided to play silly buggers with my email. You mixed up all the words so it wasn't proper English and then read it out and made me feel like an idiot and sound like one to all the listeners, including my friends. On behalf of everyone, Chris Hill, we're really sorry we're about sorry. that. Yeah. But Chris, we do do that to everyone. It's not just you, Chris. We, we, we fuck about with everyone's emails. And also, we Alex ne- has made me cry before, so I really, true. I really wouldn't take it personally. We never want to make anyone feel like an idiot, though, so yeah. on behalf Apologies. of the team... No, we are sorry. Yes. Anyway, he says um, he uh, was listening when we were talking about Far Cry 3 recently. He says, in my opinion, it was slightly repetitive towards the end, but it's been his favourite game of the last 12 months or so. What made him email was everybody talking about why on earth you'd use the bow and arrow when the game and the game tries to force you to, and why would you when you got shotguns and smgs uh chris says he only used the bow and knife combination throughout the whole game he tried using guns but there was nothing that matched the satisfaction of carefully aiming skyward and picking off unaware guards from rooftops from 200 plus feet now chris is scaring me yeah he's gonna <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll level with you firstly he's moaning that we've made him look stupid and now he's talking about his love of bow and arrow i'm looking out the window there's someone staring at us from across the way. <laughs> chris I'm, I'm with you i only used the bow and knife combination in far cry 3 as well if i'd been there for that podcast i probably would have been like oh guns silly <laughs> Guns and flamethrowers. Guns for boys. <laughs> <laughs> I basically just wanted it to be Tomb Raider. That's why. <laughs> Tomb Raider being for girls. Yeah, uh, it's, it's good. It's stealthy. It's satisfying. It, it's good. <laughs> good. 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 Uh, Uncle Stu versus the virtual console. This is from Charlty. It says, "I know I'm probably the five five thousandth per five thousandth person." Oh, stop making the person sound stupid by reading out Uncle <laughs> Stu. I know I'm probably the five thousandth person tonight in Thailand. But Uncle Stu's comments on the uh, virtual console are hilariously hypocritical. I said, apparently, I said, I don't know where. <laughs> What's the point of downloading virtual console games for a fiver a pop when you can just download them and play them on an emulator? Sounds a lot like what's the point of downloading Steam games you can just download them from a torrent site what's the point of downloading music on iTunes you can just download them from a torrent site etc etc I know he's probably already realised how silly it is what he said but just in case I thought I'd give him a swift kick in the studio Ghibli's via this email thank you Chelsea I understand your point and I think kind of what I'm saying is now shoot me down in flames if you think I'm wrong but if you've paid for something a couple of times maybe three or four times you've already paid for these things Paying for it again sticks in my craw a little mm. bit. As I get older and I've got things like a mortgage and I've got a roof that's got leaks in it, the thought of having to pay for something, even though I already own it or have owned it in the past, but I just can't... Here's a case in point. Let's say I loved a game on a console and my console broke or the cartridge broke, right? And I can't get hold of another copy of that game. Do you think it's fair that I could download an emulator and download a copy of that game and play it? I think that's fair. Yeah. 
Do you think that's fair? I'm not. I'm not asking if you think it's legal. No. I'm asking no. if you think it's fair. No, no in an ideal not. world, I would like to be able to send Nintendo a picture of my games from the N64 and SNES era and just have all of those then uploaded to my yeah. virtual console yeah. to prove I did actually buy them at the time. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I guess I do apologise because I suppose I, it, it, I see it does seem like I was advocating piracy, but it's such a grey area. We're in such a state of flux, I think, with all of this stuff, with 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 physical content versus downloadable mm. content versus cloud content. It's it's well, going to be we, a very fascinating. I mean, few we had years. an article on the site by one of you, um, one of our American editors, who wrote what it was one of the Super Mario games that he's bought something like twelve times over the years for various different consoles because it keeps being re released. And it's like, why should you have to buy a game 12 times? That like, was his know. choice, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. This is know. true. There's, there's no excuse, I don't think, for taking something. Yeah. Just because you've had it a few times before. Okay. I want it free this time. The, either either buy it or don't have it. That's mm. Yeah, okay. If you, you, yeah, mm. you, you want to go play, play a game that's old, you, can, you, can, you always have the option to go and buy a NES and buy mm. original Super Mario Brothers and play it that way. I guess what you're paying for on the virtual console is the rights, essentially, to play it on your new console. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's a bit like having a really tatty old paperback of a Dickens novel and then saying, right, I want this Folio Society edition. It's the same book. I'm just going to take it. Exactly, yeah. 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 Same. Fair However, enough. I do think that it's unfair that Nintendo's charging an extra £1.50 or 99p to port to your virtual console games that you've already bought onto your Wii U. Yeah. They're charging an extra £1.50 for games that you've already bought. Mm. Bad I think Nintendo. That is lame. Bad Nintendo. So, I know yeah. there are justifications, but that's lame. So, Mayor Culpa there, Chelsea, I think you've got me. Bank the rights, Governor. Uh, I'm not going to read out the next piece of feedback. I'm going to save it for next week. Because hopefully, if we've got a guest on board, it would be good for that person. So, uh, Scott Shooter, hopefully, well, either way, we'll read it out next week. Okay. Fantastic. Um, I've got one from David McLeod. He says In the latest podcast, a listener had wrote in mentioning Nintendo's lack of innovation, particularly due to their annual Mario, Mario Kart, and Zelda titles. In response, you mentioned how these titles actually possess more innovation than titles like Call of Duty and asked what's the difference. I feel like it's worth pointing out that games like Call of Duty aren't intended to be console sellers. Such titles lack any real innovative flair, but you don't see Microsoft or Sony holding independent press conferences with COD as the masthead. I think that's probably fair enough, actually, as a point. Like, they aren't, you know, they're money spinners, but they're not console sellers. I mean, and especially because they are multi-platform, they're not going to... You know, I think they definitely of... are console sellers. Like, if Call of Duty isn't on your console, that's a big deal. That's why Nintendo made such a big fuss about getting Call of Duty onto the Wii U. Yeah, I guess, but it's the point is, you know, uh, you know it's exclusives, isn't it? Well, I'd say it's exclusives that sell consoles, but then again, Microsoft doesn't really have many exclusives. I don't anymore. think it is anymore. I think it was. Yeah, I right. don't think that's really true anymore. I think every game is a potential console seller now, but it's more what what game what console your game isn't on, right? Rather than the one it is on. So mm. if you're thinking, oh, shall I buy an Xbox, PS3, um, or a Wii U, and you're thinking, well, I like Call of Duty, but it's not on Wii U, that immediately cancels out the Wii U from yeah. your selection yeah. process, doesn't it? So in that way, it is a console seller. It's interesting, though, because Sony seem to be pursuing more exclusives, especially in the coming months. So I don't know whether this is them gearing up for new IPs for the next generation or something. The point he's making, obviously, is that if you're going to sell a console on exclusives, the exclusives should be really good. Yeah. Which is absolutely fair. And exclusives also, like console launch games, they tend to be those slightly more ambitious, don't they? Because it's all an experimental... uh, You know, it's an experimental mm. time. You can launch a new IP with a new console, whereas that's more dangerous on an old one. So yeah, the point the point is sound there. Yep, Exclusive agreed. should be why is it, good. Why is a new IP more dangerous on an old console then? I don't know. Maybe on an old people console, aren't in the mood yeah. for at the end of a generation. I think the point that they were making. Well, this is the thing. My argument would be because they they say you know people are bored. They you know by the end of a generation. I'm like, well, yeah. People are bored at the end of a generation. They're looking for something new and exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't quite understand that logic. I suppose they say it's a, it's a risk because pe- 
that I, I can't remember the original claim statement. I can't remember who made it, but he said people are more receptive to new ideas at the start of a console generation because of new graphics, new everything, you know, everything's new. And so they're looking for more new things. Whereas people, you know, people know a Call of Duty's coming out in November. They're just waiting for that to kind of roll around if they want that. And they're kind of set in their ways is is what he thinks. I yeah. mean, I I've been kind of see now. But... I find this fascinating because a lot of the a lot of the um, the smaller indie games that have come out towards the end of this current generation of consoles lives have have done something different, and people yeah. have been but really that, receptive. But that's to that. the point. Is because they're indie games. I don't think yeah, the big studios multi- will 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 do the same thing. If the, if the choice between spending however many millions on something new and original a few years down the line with a console or part six or part seven that they know will sell so many copies they're just not going to do it it's mm. going to be the indies that do the experiment at the end of the life i think of a machine well journey's just done very well hasn't it it's won mm. what 10 was it 10 awards at dice yeah like it won a bunch of awards it's crazy so it clearly you know pays off but then again you know dishonor did very well sleeping dogs did very well like you know they yeah. still didn't do anywhere near as well as assassin's creed 3 or any of the the big, the big franchise. No, but bear in mind that's the point. Assassin's Creed Three is the third installment in the franchise, and they're not huge, more down They're the not line. hugely experimental games, though, are no, they? The ones you're saying. Dishonored is in a way, but yeah, they're not hugely. See, so I wonder if they could, if they could start doing uh, what the old record labels used to do, where you, where you have just your kind of, you know, your things that you know are going to sell, the pop hits for the kids, yeah, and that enables you to go off and, and allow the Flaming Lips to go and record a four CD set that has to be played on four different CDs yeah, well, at the da- same da- time. Daniel wrote, um, Daniel wrote him a thing about that, didn't he? he wrote about you know tentpole franchises, like yeah. you know. What COD allows Activision to do is release games like Skylanders that are actually quite experimental and risky uh, at first, because you know it doesn't really matter. You know they have one franchise that they pump mm. out, which actually gives them the revenue to then afford to make a loss on other things that are potentially a bit riskier. Mm. So you know COD is a bit boring, but it does allow for a lot of good stuff to kind of. The problem come is in a, re- in a recession, that's a difficult thing to hold up to your stock to stockholders. Like yeah. EA, in the middle of this console generation, about two thousand and six, seven, before crash, before two thousand eight, had some really great. Um, innovative kind of first party titles being made like Brutal Legend and they were quite exper- Dead Space, they were quite experimental but then as soon as the recession hit a lot of these projects either got cancelled or put on hold just because they can't justify doing anything that isn't certain to make money mm. right now it's been a tough time for consoles you know Yeah. I have another piece of feedback from Darren Wilson who says I saw an article online <clears throat> I saw an article online which was suggesting the PS4 could be free Free? Free? At launch? What? What do you think of this idea? I would certainly buy one sooner if this was the case. Uh, Yeah, you're not going to be buying one sooner. Never going to happen. You wouldn't be buying one anyway if it was free. He put buying in little quotey marks. (laughs) Oh, I see. You didn't do that. You didn't do rabbit ears. Don't do the air air quotes. Silly me. I guess, why would, I mean, I suppose maybe if they were selling the PS4 as a service, like you can buy games Mm. via the cloud and they did buy Gaikai, but it's too early for that, isn't it? Yeah, I think too early. It's not like razor blades. What? <laughs> Sorry. What? <laughs> what? Sorry, what? <laughs> well, that's the thing behind razor blades, isn't it? You you give away, you pretty much give yeah. away the razor, oh, course, and then yeah. you, you you charge for the razor blades. Uh, this, this, is, this is a yeah. non electric razor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't shave, so fuck knows why I went there. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going dark for a second there. Okay, fine. Back in the room. In, enough right. of your scrotum. <laughs> um, I have an email from David Trevino who says. Do you all care about the Super Bowl in the UK? No. No. no <laughs> <sorry>. Next question. <laughs> no, to be fair, I like, I, I'm the sporty lover here. And yeah, I, I like the Super Bowl. Um, this is the first one I've not watched to the end in years. But I had two late nights and I just couldn't stay up. 
had a big day at work the next day and it sounded like it was quite a good one. Mm. But a lot of my generation like uh, American football over here because we grew up with John Madden back in like 94, 95, 96. Every guy was playing John Madden because it was the best sports game you could buy. And so we all learned the rules of the game. And so now we all still like the sport. But that's the only time we watch American football ever in England. I think the entertainment aspect of it seems to be growing. It gets a lot of attention in the press and in the media over here, doesn't it? Especially the, like, the half-time entertainment and things like that, the bands that Well, they play. started having professional matches at Wembley. And we had um, God, at Crystal Palace, my football team, at the weekend we had some American cheerleaders over from one of the big teams. And they did a, a, some cheerleading with the Crystal Palace girls, the Crystals. Afraid they put our girls to shame. Did they? Much more athletic. Oh dear. Need to get back in training, Crystals. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that that sexist lovely. bombshell. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is from Chris White, who has written in before about GTA 5. Um, so he said, you asked for responses as to why I don't want to play GTA, and I'd like to oblige. Now, I wasn't in this podcast, but I think Tom was, and I think Chris was. I don't know if you were, Stu. I wasn't um, paying attention, and I drifted off for a second. Okay, I'm well, he, he said, I honestly don't like the concept of the game. I don't like games that glorify the bad guys. I don't like the excessive language. I don't like games that choose to be controversial just to be controversial. To Chris's McDonald's point, it's not like I don't eat salad because I've never tried it, but maybe I just don't like lettuce and tomatoes and ranch. I'm not saying I'll never play GTA 5, but I won't play it any time in the near future. And Tom, I'd love to have you stay at the house, but I can't have you speak. My wife loves a dashing man with an accent, and I can't compete with that. Just bring your DS, and we can use PictoChat to communicate. Um, so, yeah, he's from, he's from Texas. Um, there was a time in 2006 when me and my housemates basically only used PictoChat to communicate. Bless. Um, yeah, no, I think it's fair enough, actually. I yeah. was very... It's interesting, he, the point he makes. I was very anti-GTA back in the day, and then I played San Andreas, and it was all right. But I actually I kind of agree with him. I'm not a big GTA fan. I don't really... It's just a bit much. I, I still think you should try before judging, though. Yeah, I know, I'm I... sticking to my point here. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of violence, and yet I really like uh, the movie Goodfellas. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I, th- I think it's dangerous to judge something wholeheartedly just because you don't like the elements you perceive to be in it. I'm with the... I'm with Chris, and that I don't I don't like things that glorify bad guys. I'm not a big fan of violence. Adore GTA Four, adore it. Give it a try, and you might find yourself surprised, Chris. I think. And have a salad while you're playing it. Yeah. <laughs> Just not with ranch, because you don't like that. <laughs> yeah. But I, point taken. No, yes. I, yeah, no, I, I see what he means. I kind of agree. Any I'm, more for any more? Yes, one last piece of feedback. Two last. I've Two got last pieces, pieces of feedback. Have you got one as well? Seven. Yeah, I've got I've one. Three, three last pieces, pieces of feedback. feedback. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, last <laughs> We've done this very well. Next piece of feedback is from, <laughs> Ash- <laughs> is from Ashin Singh, who says... Um, have any of you tried introducing your kids, nephews, nieces, etc. to games that aren't the D-grade tat that is typically aimed at kids? Do you find there are too few good games in between the for kids only or for grown up spectrum? I was hoping to introduce my cousins aged 10 and 11 to RPGs in the form of Nino Kuni. Oh, do it. But I'm finding it a bit dark. Oh, oh. I think Nino Kuni, like most kids' films, have an element of darkness. And yeah. Nino Kuni mm. is like old Ghibli films, has that element of kind of sadness and nostalgia to it. But for 10 and 11, that's really suitable. Uh, I have a seven. I have a bunch of nieces and nephews who are all about eight, and my partner has a little boy who's seven, and he basically only played Tat aimed at kids, and it was very frustrating. He played the Ben Gem- Ben Ten license game, which was awful, and he played the Spider Man games, which were okay but not great, and uh, it was very difficult trying to get him to play anything that was better. Mm-hmm. But he's gotten super, super, super into Minecraft. I got him into Minecraft last year. We went to Minecon together. And I like it because it's a bit more creative than other games. And also it's, it's super kid friendly, but it also doesn't patronise you at all. 
It's a very complicated game. Yeah. It's it's to my mind it's a bit like Lego. It's yeah. It's that kind of thing where where you just have your imagination and you just go off and you do whatever you want. It's it's a molding game, isn't it? It's like it's like it, you can tool it to whatever your heart desires. That's right. And it also provides all this stuff to just feed that imagination, mm. you know. It's it, it provides the, you know, what's over there? What do I do with this? Mm. What does this do? It provides all those questions and he's really really taken to that. So Minecraft's good. I think the Nintendo Nintendo games are a good shout as well. Yeah, things any, like any Kirby's Epic Yarn. Right, okay. It's really good. Um, all the co- all the cooperative Mario games are great. I think with little kids, it's really great to play together, actually, rather than sit there watching them, you know, yeah. play whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I know when I play GTA 4, Polly sits on my lap to drive the cars. Oh, she loves that. She great. doesn't really, I wouldn't let look at GTA 4. <laughs> just I say. Well, when I was seven, I played Carmageddon, and that really fucked me up. So, you know, they are kid, the kid-only games for a reason. I would, I would be my kind of, you know... Daniel, Daniel plays the um, the Lego games with his little nephew. Yes. Yeah, I think they would be which good. Which are very good. Again, things that are cooperative so you can help out. and. This is something on. I'd like to throw open to the audience as well. If you can mm. think of any good games that, that maybe aren't aimed at kids but are good for kids, let us know at the usual address. That's really good. Which um, is IGNUKfeedback at IGN.com. Yes, it is, yes. Okay, well, I've got um, the next piece of feedback from Campbell McGilvery um, from Australia who says, I was firstly wondering if there was any possibility that some of the Warcraft 3 story might make it into the movie. Um, and then he says, what is the best linear game experience you guys have ever had? Now, am I the only person in here who's played Warcraft? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay, um, personally then, I'm going to go on this one. Um, I think it's unlikely as that story has kind of been played out in World of Warcraft now. And there's really all the threads that have been, that started in the Warcraft 3 story have kind of been tied up. So they might... Obviously, double up, but well, everything I've heard is it's... Friend of the show, Duncan Jones, who's directing yes. the Warcraft movie, I emailed him last week asking if we could have a chat or get him into the um, office or online to talk about what his plans for the movie were. And he said, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, he said it was way too early to talk right. about it and he'd probably put his foot in his mouth. Yeah. But as soon as he can talk about details or plans, um, he'll give us a shout. So awesome. watch this space. Good. Um, so that's good. And then the other one was, what is the best linear game experience you guys have ever had? I'm going to go with Final Fantasy X, which is possibly the best game I've ever played. Best linear game experience. I'm going to go with 10-pin bowling. Yeah. That's, that's quite Extremely linear. linear. Any- Join the dots. Anything I can play on my back. <laughs> Can't get more linear than that. <laughs> Any of the Zelda games, probably. Right, there you go. Bish bash bosh. Answered. Any more? I've got one. Yep. I've got one here. This is uh, just going to open the curtain and let you see behind the, the the magic. Now, this is number 11. Has anybody else got anything before number 11? Yeah, but I could say after. Okay, that's fine then. <laughs> <laughs> no need to do it. Uh, this is from Aaron. Uh, Aaron Wallace here is in Orlando, Florida. Uh, he says, I've been wondering about whether or not it will be worth to try and trade in or sell my current gen consoles. At what point in the near future do you think I should attempt this to get the biggest bang for my buck? Um, uh, we'll come on to the second point in a minute, but what, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. We're all laughing too much. Yeah, <laughs> Are you drawing the curtain? You're drawing back like the, the fucking Wizard of Oz over there. <laughs> <laughs> Pay no big... attention to the small man behind the curtain. Just a big glowing head. <laughs> yeah. That's all there is in the corner over there. Um, I think... I'd get rid of them now, man. Yeah. Now, in the name of God. The they're only going to get out in value, aren't they? Well, this is the thing. Once they announce a release date, you're going to be able to estimate when's the best time because you're going to be without a console for the best part of however long yeah i mean if you've got more than one and you think you can handle living with one go for it now controversial don't get rid of them 
because you, there is no guarantee you'll be able to play all those games you've probably got on the next ones. Oh, very good. That's, compatibility. that's a very good point. Be careful of that. Similarly, in 20 or 30 years, they might be worth a bit more, if that is the case. That's never going to happen. Really? Too many never of them have been happened. released. It's not like the Vectrex, where no, you really? know, only, only you know, 50,000 were made. But we're talking of tens of millions of these consoles, aren't we? Did you ever have a Vectrex? I wanted a Vectrex. My ex-boyfriend saved up for two years to buy a Vectrex. Did he? Yeah, in about 2006. It was ridiculous. Yeah. He did buy one, and we had it, and then we sold it on. <laughs> Because it turned out it wasn't that good. Yeah, they're not that good. No. But they're just nice. I bought my Dreamcast for a fiver. That's a bargain. Yeah, and that was only about six months after they'd stopped producing them. <laughs> there was just there was just a pile of them in my local game, and they were like, "You can you can just have it. You can just have it for a fiver." I remember we had uh, we were we were getting rid of Atari Lynxes in the shop where I worked at the time, and they were going for like twenty quid. Wow. But they were the, the first Atari Lynx, the big fat mm. Wow, so that was one. what, 400 quid at lunch? They were something ridiculous, but yeah. they, they, they just ate batteries. I think they took yeah. they took like 12 AA batteries really? or something, and they lasted for about an hour. It was hilarious. Like, you know those entire giant battery packs you see yeah. at the, uh, the cash-out in Sainsbury's? <laughs> yeah. Like, you had to put all of them in one. <laughs> I'd like to get one, though. If anybody's got an Atari Lynx that, that they're not using, send it in to us. My brother I, might still have his. Oh, well, ask him, Chris. I will do. Um, I've got an email from Hang his... on, there's oh. one last bit here, just oh. Keza. This guy uh, also wants to know, Aaron wants to know, he's been saving for a bit for either a Wii U or 3DS XL. He says he knows the price and product vastly different uh, in range, but would you recommend one before the other? If so, which and why? Oh, it's really hard. That's it's really hard. She did, yes. Uh, um, I would say buy the 3DS XL because then you can afford more games with it and it's got more games currently than Wii U. And the Wii U will probably drop in price. Well, Iwata says no, but we don't necessarily Iwata's, need to believe him. I guess it depends when Iwata the next says console no. is. Consoles are, doesn't it? Yeah. You know? If you have friends or family that you need to impress, then buy the Wii U, because Nintendo Land is fantastic with four or five people. I don't know anybody in my family that would be impressed by me having a Wii U. Oh, <laughs> my mum likes it. I guess it, uh, I guess it depends. If there's games that you want for the Wii U right now, that's fine. But if you're being seduced by future titles and promises, wait for them to arrive. Oh, this is that's a life lesson. Yeah. experience. Okay. Yeah. Like, like the 3DS is already a good console, whereas the Wii yeah. U is currently only a potentially good console. So okay. that yeah. would clinch it for me. Agreed. Uh, I've got an email from Mr. Cuddles. Hey, oh, oh, Mr. Cuddles, listener. Oh. long-time listener. I know. Um, dear UK mates and adorable butler, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> That's the end. We're done. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) New Xbox 360 must be connected online to play. Yeah. Bullshit. That's why I'm more excited for PS4 and the Ouya. 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 Um. Yeah. So (laughs) to engage with your point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Well, bear in mind it is just a rumor at this stage. Um. So I I don't know. I mean, this this is all tied to the whole um, second-hand games thing Mm. as well, that not being allowed. But we've heard rumours of that for both the PlayStation 4 and the the next box or sex box, whatever we decided we were calling it. I think sex box. Sex box is good. So, you know, I I wouldn't panic about it just yet, but I agree if that is something. When can we panic about it? When it's announced. Okay, thanks. I think. think, But I, I don't know how likely it is. It's possible to stop piracy and what have you. I mean, they... You know. My head is so full of rumours about these bloody next-gen consoles. Yeah. We've only got one more week and a bit to find out if Maybe. any of them are even true. Unless <laughs> they do literally announce the white PSP. If it's the PlayStation Move PSP 2 or something, something, I'm going to be so pissed off. Imagine. Right. You'll be pissed off. I'll have been on a flight and wouldn't have slept for 60 hours. This is true. Everybody, we present the Vita Slim. Oh. <laughs> the PS3 oh, Super f- Super Slim. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, that, that just sounds a little bit too close to the truth. That's why me now. That's <laughs> Oh, oh, the horror. So, uh, what is out this week, people? On the game side of things, there's a pretty big release, isn't there? Dead Space! 
Dead Space 3. Dead Space! Yeah. Now, I, I haven't played any of this yet. Krupa's played a fair bit of it, hasn't he? He's kind of enjoying it, yeah. Yeah, he seems to be. Mm-hmm. I've seen some bits of it. Very violent, and amusingly so. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. There's, there's, can, that, can that be the uh, IGN quote on the front of the box? Very violent, and amusingly, amusingly so. so. Yeah. Very good. I believe it's, our review gave it a 7.8. Yeah, it's been splitting the critics, huh? No. It's been, it's been splitting the critics because... People like other sites whose names I'm not going to mention have given it like 9.5. And a Game Informer in the US gave it a 9.8. And um, we gave it a 7.8, I think. think. Which is still good. Yeah, it's still good. But it's it's sevens or or like really high nines appears to be the split. Mm. And it's actually interesting because in America it's done much better critically than in the UK. Although that's often the case for most games. Yeah, right. Although it was our American editor-in-chief who... Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It's not like an exclusive thing. Yeah. It's not binary. Binary. Uh, but yeah, Dead Space. Dead Space is out. If you want it, then buy it. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, <laughs> you don't. jog on. No yeah. one will blame you. There you go. What about movies, Chris? We've got Hitchcock, yes. which has got pretty average reviews. I've not seen it. I'm going to wait for it to come on the telly, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's Apparently okay. it starts off really good and just, just falls apart. Mm. So I've heard that the bits where they're actually making the film... Is quite interesting from a nerdy aspect. A friend of mine said that Anthony Hopkins delivering like the spitting image version of Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, make of that what you will. Uh, Warm Bodies is out, which is an intriguing looking zombie romance. Yeah. Um, which again, I'm yet to see. Not convinced. Um, it's got okay talk. reviews. What's going on? You're always out of the office at screenings and you've never seen any of these films you talk about. And Wreck It Ralph, which I haven't seen. Or Wreck It Ralph. Which I really should here. have seen, but. Uh, Events have conspired. I'm going to see that on Sunday. I really want to see Wreck-It Ralph. I'm going to see it on Sunday with the seven-year-old. And by all accounts, it's great. It's the first good video game movie. Yeah. Do you think they should do an English adaptation, Wreck-It Rafe? Hey. Wreck-It Rafe. Rafe. But we've got lots of good Wreck-It Ralph. Rafe. (laughs) Rafe. We've got lots of good um, Wreck-It Ralph videos on the website if you want to check them out, including all the cast talking about their favourite ever video games. And that's a very good video. We we like that video. It's got Sarah Silverman in it. It does. Mm. That's a bonus. Sarah Silverman is the best. She is just top. But that is is it from the UK peeps here. Can we give a little cute clue as to what's happening on the podcast next week? I don't think so. No? Just hopefully tune in and there should be something good happening. Special. Special good things. We have got a special guest. We can say that, can't we? I know too often that these things don't pan out. (laughs) (laughs) special (laughs) guest. Just tune in and if not, it'll be all of us being brilliant. Yeah. Like today was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, IGN UK feedback at IGN.com. Uh, let us know what you think about everything and anything. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. And thank you for listening. And this was one take, motherfuckers. So appreciate <laughs> one this. One take, motherfuckers. Until, until you said that. Yeah, we're gonna I've cut, that cut that bit out. We'll We've see you next week, everybody. Have Bye. a lovely time. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing 
to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.